hell is a crisp IPA? What the hell is a crisp beer? I'll tell you what. My world, the best beer is after you're mowing the grass on a sunny day. It's hot. You're sweating. You open up a Bud Light. You sit outside and you're drinking in about, I don't know, 2.4 seconds. That might be the closest to a $20 freaking beer. But the PGA Championship and Justin Thomas ain't having it. He's all over it. A $20 beer. All right. What is Gas prices, it just was announced, and all 50 states are now over $4 a gallon. I don't know. Let's talk about something more fun, shall we? My God. Uh, you tell me. Go to Twitter right now or go to our YouTube chat and tell me what beer is worth $20. Goldschlager beer with actual gold in it? Like gold nuggets that you don't want to drink like the worm on the bottom of a bad tequila bottle? $20 a beer, $4 a gallon. I got to get out in DoorDash and Grubhub. We'll talk about Grubhub in a minute. Well, maybe in an hour. But to quote a good friend of mine, damn, 20 bones a beer. Look, I don't long for the good old days. I like these days, but can we get beer back under 15? Jeez, cash man. I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seems to me that 20 bucks a beer is insane. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, like, it's not even, hey, I'm having 20 bucks a beer and I get to sit down and talk to whoever your favorite actor or actress is I don't, or something, I, politician, I don't know. All right. I'll move it along. Move it along, Dockage. Move it along. I will. Uh, the NBA draft lottery was last night, so I got to give you my top 10. Now, I don't know. I should have asked in our production meeting whether we're going to go from 1 to 10 or from 10 to 1. But anyway, uh, the Magic got the number one pick, and my number one pick would be Paolo Banchero. I'm gonna get, I don't know what needs are of teams. So I'm not going to match the need of a team to a player. I don't care. Like, most of these guys, they'll be all right. There's only a few in here, and I'll tell you who they are, that are going to actually impact uh, the NBA. But I do, my number one pick would be, my number one prospect is the kid out of Duke, uh, Paolo Banchero. And I'll tell you why, all right? One of the reasons why is he's a 6'10 guard. And as a 6'10 guard, that means you ha can have impact all over the floor. Like, Cade Cunningham is kind of like that, and he ended up playing pretty well as we move forward. But Banchero, everybody has told me this. Look, Banchero is bigger, taller, in person. And that's, that's important. Most basketball players, when you get around them, other than Uwe Blop and Manute Bowl, were smaller than you anticipated. Like Barkley's shorter than you anticipate, that kind of thing. Michael Jordan is not. Michael Jordan's taller than you anticipate. But here's the deal, okay? Banchero is bigger. Everyone that's been around him, I've never been around him. Everybody tells me that dude is big. That dude is big on big. So he's my number one prospect. And he's the guy that I would take, and I don't even think I would look back. 
I don't think I would. Look, the 6'10 guy that just shoots threes, man, we got a guy, Miles Turner, here in Indy. You can have him. All right, my second-rated prospect is Chet Holmgren out of Gonzaga. Now, here's the problem with Holmgren. Holmgren is a really good player. He does everything well, but his shoulders are this wide. Like, I said this before. Like, Anthony Davis's shoulders were this wide. James Harden's shoulders are this wide. Guys in the NBA, Jimmy Butler's built like hell. His shoulders are this wide. His shoulders are this wide, which means he's probably going to get knocked down a lot. He got knocked down seven times in a game this year. I would worry about that. It's tough in the NBA, but he's got every skill that you would like. Now, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I don't necessarily love any of these guys that I'm going to mention after Banchero except for one. But I would have to know more about Chet Holmgren. I would. I'd have to know a little bit about Chet Holmgren to uh, – to pass on him because he's six foot ten or maybe he's seven foot. Hell, I don't know. But I know this. He plays tall. He plays long and me likey thatty. But I'm not one of these guys that's going to tell, oh man, he's a once in a generation prospect. Not one of these guys is. Maybe Banchero is. Oh, there it is again. It always is the same. Every time I open up my iPad, some stock of mine is going down. Yes. A triple day ripple was a heck of a beer, had many of those. It was $7. Josh Skillman says, I'd pay $20 to drink it again. Well, you're out of your freaking mind. Go get you a nice shot of tequila, and you'll forget about any of the other stuff. You know what I'm saying? Now you will. I'm telling you, you will. (laughs) But anyway, uh, Holmgren would be my number two prospect. My number three prospect is Jabari Smith. I'd be careful with Jabari Smith. Look, Jabari Smith, Joe Smith, Jalen Smith, all the Smiths are six foot ten. They shoot jump shots. I don't know. But he is a talent. He is a big time talent. So I would have to take him. I think I would have to take him. I mean, I don't love any of these guys, but I'm just telling you, if I'm the NBA, see, name me a great six foot ten jump shooter right now in the NBA. The kid is ripped. He's got a great body, but I don't know if he's tough. He's been one year in college. Does he have any sack to him? I don't know. But he's talented. He's big. He's long. What you need, and I'm going to get to it now, I'm going to get to it at the end of this, is a guy like that Robert Williams for the Celtics that just catches everything and dunks it with his head. I don't know. We got Miles Turner here, and all the guys that are in the media say, Miles Turner's a great asset because he's a 6'11 jump shooter. Now, okay, great. Here, this next guy is the guy that I think everybody might, might. I'm not 100% sure because I think he's kind of soft. And I think he thinks too much of himself going into the NBA. But my fourth prospect is Jaden Ivey of Purdue. Now, like every other guy, Jaden Ivey has flaws. problem with Jaden Ivey is his biggest flaw is that he kind of punked out against St. Francis or St. Peter's or St. Mary's or whatever the hell the saint was that beat Purdue. Like, he did nothing. But, hell, Michael Jordan got his ass kicked. 
in his last college game. I don't know by who, this guy. But anyway, and he ended up being a pretty good pro. But Michael Jordan faced some real toughness that day. Jay Nivey faced St. Peter's? Jay Nivey is like the guy that goes to the college team out of high school and thinks he's something. So he walks around acting like he's something and doesn't understand what he doesn't understand. That's how Jay, now I hope he got humbled. I get it, the story with his mommy being the coach at Notre Dame, it's all great. I don't care about any of that. It's a man's league. He's got the most talent. He's got massive hands. And if you've watched the NBA, you know you got to be able to maneuver the ball to get to the rim. He's got a burst like Morant. He can shoot it. He's shown himself to be a clutch shooter. He's going to go into the NBA. His body's going to get huge. His jump shot's going to become fantastic. He would be the one guy that when you redrafted the draft after half of a season next year in the NBA, he might be the one guy that would have elevated to the number one pick in the draft. He's got John Morant written all over him, but here's the thing. He played in a real tough program. Like, Purdue's no joke, and he's a great kid. But, but, there's a caveat with all these guys. How tough are these guys? How tough are they? Are they tough enough? I don't know the answer to that. Like, you can talk about Michael Jordan all you'd like, right? You can say, hey, Michael this, Michael that. Well, I'll tell you one thing about Michael Jordan. He was tougher than everybody. And he was not only tougher than everybody, but he worked harder than everybody. And when you combine those two, guess what? You got the greatest athlete working harder than everybody, You got the greatest player. That kid could be that. Is he going to be the greatest player? Probably not. But when we redraft, Jay Nivey could be the guy that jumps everybody. Now, I'm going to go with another guy that I really like. And he could jump everybody. And it's Benedict Mathurin of Arizona. Clutch jump shot in the NCAA tournament. Long and athletic dude. And I think he's tough for Nivey. Like, we all, 6'10", shoot the ball. Okay, I'll sit here and I'll wait. Which of the four teams, 6'10", and can shoot the ball, has helped one of these four teams get to the conference final? I'll sit and listen. Now, people say, well, you don't need a back-to-the-basket player. 40 of the first 55 points that the Heat scored yesterday were in the paint. A lot of ways to get in the paint. But that dude right there, Mathurin, I love him. I love him. I would be very, very careful, very careful, not taking Ivy or not taking Mathurin. I would take Banchero 100% number one. But those two guys right there, they could come back and bite you. They can. Or maybe they're not tough enough. Maybe they get a little money. Maybe they're too young. I don't know. But I'm telling you right now, them two cats – Pretty damn good. Really good, actually. Athletically, I like them both. Ivy and Mathurin. All right, the next guy. Now, I don't really compare many people to Grant Hill, but Keegan Murray is Grant Hill-like. 
Grant Hill was one of those guys. I remember scouting and then coaching against him. Grant Hill was one of those guys that you're like, man, doesn't seem like he jumps real high. Doesn't seem like he goes real fast. Doesn't seem like he shoots it great. But all of a sudden, you feel like every jump shot goes in. He gets past your best defender. And he can do what do you want. You want offensive rebound? All right. You want to run the floor, pass to me, cross over, lay it in? Okay. You want a three? I got you. You want to put me in the top of the key in, in a ball screen? Okay. This is what this kid Keegan Murray does. Now, I think Keegan Murray is the safest bet other than Banchero of all the kids that I've just talked about. I think he's a safe bet. I think he's terrific. I do. His dad was terrific, Kenyon Murray. He's been coached really well at Iowa. He paid his dues his first year. If you remember, Iowa, Luca Garza was the man. Player of the year in the country. This kid came off the bench. I remember watching him putting out on Twitter, Keegan Murray going to be a pro. People laughed at me. Well, Keegan Murray going to be a pro. He's one of those, you know he reminds me of? Maybe a better shooter, not quite the defender. DeAndre Hunter, the kid from Virginia who's playing pretty well with Atlanta. If your team gets Keegan Murray, he's not going to make you jump up and down, stand on your head and crap snowballs, but he's going to be pretty, 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 pretty good, to quote my good friend, Larry David. He's not my good friend, but I love Curve. All right, another Big Ten guy next, Johnny Davis. Here's the deal with Johnny Davis. These are my 10 best, ladies and gentlemen. These are my 10 best. Johnny Davis crapped the bed, too, after he got injured in the NCAA tournament. But, hey, only one team wins a damn thing, so who are you crapping? But Johnny Davis is my, let me see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh best prospect. John Davis go get buckets. John Davis lit up Jaden Ivey for not one, not 10, not 20, not 30, not 35, 36, no, 37 points in Mackey. You know what that means? Satchel. Big sack. This show was going to be called Sack Up, but it seemed like Sack Up was a bad name, offensive. Well, that dude sacks the hell up, Johnny Davis does. If Johnny Davis comes to your town a lot like Keegan Murray, you're not going to be all that excited. Okay, we got a nice player. It's kind of like, remember when Gordon Hayward went to Utah and they booed him? Uh, fast forward four years, they were begging him, Max contract to stay. He should have. He didn't, but he should have. This is that kind of guy. Murray's that kind of guy. Davis is that kind of guy. You draft them, you're like, all right, that's yeah, good. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, when it's time to extend him, you're begging the dude to stay on your team and you're loving what he's doing. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now. Uh, next, Malachi Branham. Full disclosure. I didn't know who Malachi Branham was. I couldn't have picked him out of 15 to 25 guys. He goes to Ohio State. He's really well coached. He can go get buckets. I don't think he's quite at the athletic level of what these other guys are. Now, people may laugh at that, and I don't know. Maybe he goes to the combine. He's the best athlete in the league. Let me preface that by saying I don't know that he's the at the athletic level in a game that a guy like Ivy is or a guy like Mathurin is. I don't know that he's that. He may be. But I'm not going to lie to you. When you watch him, when you watch him play, mid-range game, money. Got to get better with the pull-up. 
Got to get better with certain things, but he's another guy. Great kid. Not good, great. Great dude, handles coaching. And all of you that say, well, you know, uh, needs another year in college. Poppycock, I say. Poppycock. <laughs> Every once in a while, I like to act like I'm 110 years old because that's what my head says that I am. You don't need another year in college. Let me, let me tell you what another year in college does. It slows you down from getting that big money contract. If you can go, you got to go. All right, number nine. I love this kid. I love this kid. He's the only big guy in here. Everybody likes this Durham kid from Memphis, and you should. He's terrific. But for my money, in the modern NBA, give me some Mark Williams of Duke. I like Mark Williams of Duke. Why do you like Mark Williams of Duke? Well, because I saw Robert Williams last night dunk everything. I saw Robert Williams last night. They threw everything over the top, and all he did was finish. I saw Mark Williams do the same thing. And here's the other thing. Mark Williams of Duke got better and better and better and better and really became the most dominant interior defender in the country. Like, I like Mark Williams not a little bit. I like Mark Williams a lot. I may be the only one. Hell, I don't even know if he's on any of these mock drafts. In fact, Mark Williams is shooting a shot in our picture here in his damn practice gear. See? He's a worker. I like, hey, look, if you're going to give me one big dude, you give me Mark Williams. You all can take the rest, but I'll take Mark Williams. I like him. I think he, look, the modern NBA, I know what people say. I, I listen to our own station and, oh, geez. Guys are like, well, you know, uh, Miles Turner shoots threes and it's the modern game. We don't want him with a back to the bucket. No, you don't. But, well, you want him around the bucket like last night so you can lob the damn ball up to him. People are nuts. People think when you say a guy is a uh, be a post guy, they think that means his back to the basket. The game isn't played in a vacuum. There's a lot of ways to be a post guy. And Mark Williams, I think, would be a right now valuable addition. It might take him a minute to learn the game, but let me ask you a simple question. Who doesn't it take a minute to learn the game outside of Michael Jordan or LeBron James or those guys? And uh, news alert, there ain't none of them in here. But with a big guy, I want a big guy that I'm going to throw the ball up to, likes to be around the rim, and is not afraid at all, not even a little bit, to go to work on the offensive glass and is always going to be there blocking shots. Always. I'll take that today, tomorrow, and the next day. I will. And that dude, to me, seems like, eh, pretty, pretty. Pretty good. I hate to put all these. Why didn't Duke do better? Like, why Duke get their brains beat out? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Duke's got like three guys in here. So the next guy that I'm going to give you, the next guy is going to be this guy. What do I have all this for? I don't know. The next guy I'm going to give you is also from Duke. 
Why didn't they win a national championship? A.J. Griffin had a brother that played at Illinois and also went to Syracuse. Father, uh, Adrian, played, was a really good player at Seton Hall, played in the league, was an assistant coach. I don't know why I like this kid so much. You ever, you ever have, like, I don't know, you ever have, like, a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you're like, yeah, I, I don't know why I like him so much. I, I'm not sure. It's weird. For some reason, I like him. I don't know why. Well, I'll tell you why with this kid. Because whenever I watch this guy play basketball, he does good stuff. He shoots it in. He gets to the rim and finishes. I don't even know if he's going to be a first-round pick. I don't. Might be, might not be. But I'll tell you this much, that dude ain't afraid at all to compete and compete hard. And frankly, most days, he was the best player on Duke. Now, he's not the best prospect, but there were a ton of days where this guy, uh, Griffin, was just simply better than everybody. And it surprised me because when I watch him move, I say, all right, he, he's fast. All right. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. But you almost have to convince yourself, if that makes any sense, that he's good. And I'm always fascinated by it. I am. I'm always fascinated by guys like that. Again, I go to the comparison of Grant Williams, uh, or excuse me, of uh, Grant Hill. I'm fascinated. We had a kid at Indiana named Jay Edwards. He was a player of the year in the Big Ten. And you're always like, yeah, I, I guess. But, you know, isn't there more to it? Can he do more? Isn't, can he go faster? And next thing you know, he's rebounding, he's sprinting, he's down the court. And this is kind of what this A.J. Griffin is. Um, Banchero's the best. Banchero should be, and again, I don't know. The Magic stink. Uh, I don't know whether the Magic are the best team in the league to go to, the worst team in the league to go to. I have no idea. I, 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 I'm sorry. I have no idea. But maybe they are. Maybe they're the best team in the country to go to. I, I don't know. But I know this. If he goes to Orlando, they're going to be better. They will. Uh, they'll be better. I want to welcome everybody on our YouTube chat. Uh, a lot of people from Indianapolis. If you're from Indianapolis, let me tell you, you want Jay Nivey with the six pick. Let all these guys take the six foot ten guy that can shoot. Let them all take. Let them all take the Chet Holmgrens and the Jabari Smiths. Let them all outthink it, baby. I want a guy that can palm the ball. I want a guy that's got an incredible first uh, step. I want a guy that could, not is, could end up being John Morant. That's what I want. Now, dude, why are you always making these predictions on John Morant? Because I'm always right. What's wrong with you? Right? I mean, honest to God. Honest to God. So that's where I'm at with it. Let me go through them again. Banchero, probably the best prospect. I would have to look at Holmgren as the second best prospect. Again, let's be honest. Do these guys ever really help you? 
It's like this. I want you to think about this. Every team that gets a big old guy from like, you know, Bowl Bowl or Thon Maker, all these guys from the Sudan, are any of them great? Are any of them like, man, I mean, Elijah Wan was, but that was 1984. And it's the same thing with six foot 10 jump shooters. Six foot 10 jump shooters are, okay, they're necessary. Hey, Dan, you don't understand modern basketball. It's pick and pop. Just show me the Max Kleber or whatever his name is, is the only one. I mean, if you want a bit player, then go ahead. Jabari and Holmgren are your bit players. If you want a shot at a star, oh, man, you got to take Ivy. Oh, man, you got to take Mathurin. Those two guys have a shot at a star. And when you look at, when you look at what is winning in the NBA, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, star power. I got some star power. Give me some stars. Uh, Griffin, probably not a star. Uh, Mark Williams, probably like Robert Williams, although Robert Williams is more talented. Robert Williams might be, true story. I did a game of his at Texas A&M. His problem was he just showed up when he wanted to. Where's Mark Williams? Yeah, we don't know. He'll be here for the game. Oh, okay. Uh, Branham. I don't know if he's got a shot to be a star star, but he's pretty damn good. Like Oladipo, kind of. Davis can go get buckets. Murray, I don't know, man. I'd take him. But Mathurin and Ivy. Clip this off and come see me about this time next year. I'm either going to be really right on these two or mediocre right, but I will be right because they both have too much talent not to go. And it's kind of tough, not real tough, but kind of tough. I think Mathurin's tougher. They both have real talent to go out and do some things like a John Morant. I don't know what to tell you. That's as good as you're ever going to hear. You're going to hear a bunch of crap from a bunch of people that don't know their backside from third base, but that's as good as you're ever going to hear. Now, speaking of as good as you're ever going to hear, We're going to come back, and I don't know about you, but it is Wednesday. Oh, by the way, let me finish something else. Did you see what the Heat did last night to the Celtics in the third quarter? Celtics couldn't get a bucket. Jimmy Butler started stripping everything. I hope you bet on the Heat. I do. I hope you bet on them. Because if you bet on them, you're going to win a lot of money. It was the only bet I made last night. I was going to bet the Panthers, but I decided, nah. So the Panthers were up one goal, four straight goals by the Lightning. Heart of a champion, baby, the Lightning or something. But last night, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler showed what Jimmy Butler is. Gabe Vincent drills two big threes in the middle of a run. I don't even know from deep. I couldn't tell you who Gabe Vincent is today, tomorrow, the next day. We've talked about Max Struss. I couldn't tell you Max Struss is. But I can tell you Jimmy Butler is. Jimmy Butler, like Timmy Doyle said, is a guy that went from the end of the damn bench So now he's a superstar, and don't think he's not. Al Horford out, Marcus Smart out. Bench players eventually show you why they're bench players. It's just what they do. Now, I don't know what's going to happen in game two, but that game last night, the the line went from one and a half to four. I don't care. That was free money last night. There was no way it was going to be under a four-point spread Once I heard Horford and Smart were out. Horford's the adult, man. See, what happens in basketball, you lose a guy, you got to get into your bench. You lose two guys, now you really got to get into your bench. And you got guys trying to do things they just cannot do. 
They can do them for a minute, but they just cannot do them. So there you go. It's a good game, though. Uh, we'll get into Dallas and, uh, and Golden State in a little bit. Uh, I'm going to take Golden State. I'm going to bet Golden State. We'll get into that as we move through the show. But ladies and gentlemen, it is Wednesday, and I got some of the damnedest what-the-hell Wednesdays you're ever going to see. Keep it right here. We'll be right back. Man, I'm fired up. Sack the hell up and don't go anywhere. Don't at me. We'll be right back after this. Hey, I'm not going to lie to you. Beer for 20 bucks is a what-the-hell to me, too. I blame Biden. Gas, 50 cities, all 50 states. I blame Biden. Well, let me ask you a question. What happened? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy here, but what happened in between gas down at the marathon or whatever the hell it's called down here in the street? What happened to gas being a buck 79 and now it's over four bucks in every state? Oh, I don't know. What happened in between? Was there an election or anything? I think there was. I blame Biden. You got to. Uh, beer, $20 in Tulsa at the PGA Championship. I blame Biden. because Here's why I blame Biden. These are both what the hell Wednesdays. Beer at $20 is a what the hell Wednesday. Gas over $4 because a bunch of freaking millennials decided to vote for a clown uh, and a bunch of harvesting went on, a bunch of ballots because people couldn't get off their fat asses and go vote or show an ID. Hey, I blame Biden. I mean, it's going to continue until people are smart enough to get this clown out of office and get somebody in there that isn't a 50-year politician. I don't even want Trump in there. He's crazy. But at the end of the day, we need somebody with some policies that help us. What the hell Wednesday? Beer for 20 bucks. I blame Biden. Uh, Gas over four bucks. I blame Biden. I don't even want to hear about it. The gas thing, Biden and the uh, Democrats, I'm not even a Republican. I don't like either side. But I will tell you, they sat there and talked about how, oh, by the way, uh, gas went down 12 cents. This is about two months ago, and they took credit for it. I'll give you another what the hell. All of a sudden, Jalen Rose is on Get Up every day. You know why? Jalen gets nervous about stuff, man. Patrick Beverly's come on there. He hasn't killed it like they've said, but Patrick Beverly's one of those guys that every white media guy has to kiss the ass of, but Jalen's nervous. He's reading. All of a sudden, Jalen's back on Get Up. The politics of being at ESPN is the best. The insecurities are awesome. They are awesome. I love them. All right. This is disgusting. This is just flat disgusting. So at the Oakland Coliseum, at the Oakland Coliseum, they are getting nobody to come watch the A's, like nobody. Like they're getting like 3% attendance, like 2,500 in a 60,000 seat arena. I mean, there is nobody, nobody there. But even grosser than all that is, do we have the, do we have the picture of this? There's a possum coming through the roof of the press box at a major league stadium. Listen to me. So reporters are working, this guy Matt, and there's a possum. Now, imagine if you're in your workplace, you're at your cubicle, where let's say you're at Emma's, the sixth floor where I work, and all of a sudden you're just tired, you know, you're, 
you're a salesperson or maybe I'm getting ready for the show and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden in the corner, there's a damn varmint coming through the roof. Hey, I'm not going to lie. It would make me crap my pants. Now I'm being literal here. I've done it before as an adult. I need to wear a diaper. But if I saw all of a sudden something came through like that, of some vermin, at a major league ballpark, in the damn press box, that would be an issue. Wouldn't it? Like, you'd have to say, hey, team, look, I understand. I get it. Right? You guys, we understand. Um, You don't really want to spend money. But vermin coming at you? Like, what if you're sitting there? Imagine I'm sitting here right now, you know, doing the show, and all of a sudden some vermin comes and drops down on me. Like, if I see a chipmunk outside our house underneath the porch, I'm calling critter control to get that thing out of here. Man, oh man. Uh, $20 beer. Vermin. I blame Biden. Eh, Biden. I'll tell you why. Because Oakland can't afford, because of all the costs, they can't afford to fix their vermin problem. Now, I'm just telling you. Yeah. No, I think so. I blame Biden. I drink wine and drive electric. Good for you. Yeah, I blame Biden. I do. Look, I understand back in the day, the Boston Celtics uh, in the Boston Garden and and the Madison Square Garden, they used to let cats out on off days to get rid of the rats. They did. But this is 2022. I understand we got an idiot in the White House, a guy who's a 50-year politician who's just scamming all of us and has for years and doesn't know where he is. But we can't have vermin... We can't have that. I'm getting itchy. I'm looking up. Can you imagine? Ugh. Of course Oakland's a Democratic-run city. Every hellhole uh, in this country is a Democratic-run city, but nobody's smart enough to figure it out. Nobody's smart enough to say, wait a second. But that's all right. You do you, man. All right. Couple of other things. I don't know. I don't know if the word um, abortion and sanctuary go together. Like I don't know how those two get those two words go together. Maybe they do. City council members aim to make Baltimore a sanctuary city for abortion services, meaning no matter what else happens anywhere else, abortions will be done here. I never seen so many people so excited about killing children. I I, I never seen so many. I, I don't know. You know, I guess it's, I don't know. Is it biblical? I suppose it's old Testament. I, I guess, but I, I've never seen so many people be so excited. Of course, Baltimore, which is an absolute hellhole, is run by 15 Democrats no Republicans. They unanimously approved a resolution to establish a fund that will aid women who are seeking abortions. I I literally, look, whatever side of abortion you're on, that's great. But I mean, people can't wait to kill babies. 
That's fine. I mean, I, I got no say in the matter. Uh, I understand uh, everything about the issue. I do. Uh, I've researched it. I've studied it. But I, whatever you want to do, people can't wait to brag on it. People, people cannot wait. I get it. You know, all of a sudden, I don't know how this happened. Uh, two weeks, four weeks ago, whatever it was, before the leaked Supreme Court thing, women or politicians didn't even know what the hell, how to define a woman. Didn't even know how to define it. And next thing you know, I don't know, everybody can define it. Everybody's telling everybody what a woman is. Now, it's weird how that works. It just is very odd. It just is very odd. The, the fund will give money to Baltimore-based reproductive health organizations, thus allowing them to expand their capacity to help women abort their unborn children. The resolution did not specify how large the fund will be, <clears throat> but it disclosed that taxpayer dollars as well as donations will comprise the fund. What if I don't want my money to go there? You know, one thing that blanks me off <clears throat> is when I hear tax the rich. I got to tell you, I ain't rich, but I pay a hell of a lot in taxes, and I do it every damn year. And I literally got no say where it goes. That is a bit frustrating. And of course, California, those geniuses out there, they want to be a sanctuary state for abortion. Again, you do whatever you want, baby. Whatever you want. But i never seen so many people so excited about killing kids. I just never have. I mean, brag on it. Want to do it. I guess. Uh, I guess that's what we are all about. I, you know, it seems to me that, I don't know, at the bare minimum, at the bare minimum, and this is, I, somehow this is going to be a controversial comment, but at the bare minimum, states ought to have elections and figure out what your state wants to do via an election. I don't know, I, I'm sure that's crazy. Uh, I'm sure, but all of a sudden now women can tell us what women are. Does this mean these pregnant men can have abortions? Is there a bigger joke in this country than that? I mean, seriously, is there a bigger joke than, like, I'll tell you right now, I am not. You could not pay me to get anything from Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein is going to use pregnant men in their ad. You know how disrespectful that is to women? Does anybody have any idea how disrespectful that is to women? Man. I, it's just amazing to me. You can just say you're a woman. Hey, I'm a woman. Hey, you know what I am today? I'm a tree. I am a tree today. I'm going to go stand outside and let dogs pee on me. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, I don't know. If a cop arrests me, uh, if I go stand in the middle of the street and pee, I'm going to say I'm a tree and this is sap coming out of me. Calvin Klein is going to use pregnant men. The level of stupidity that we involve ourselves. Again, I go back to this. I always go back to this. This is a great country. When this is the kind of crap, we're so bored with the success of what was happening with the stock market, uh, with, with the gas prices, with the other countries having a healthy fear of us that we had to screw it up with a career politician and now we think we have pregnant men. Go get them, man. There it is again. Dash is down 5.3%. Every day. 
every day. But somehow that clown got 81 million votes. All right. And people still defend it. I mean, look up the numbers. The hellhole cities are run by Democrats, and people keep voting them in. Yeah. Do whatever you do, man. Uh, this is across the country now, but last night when I put this in, um, gas prices in Indiana have hit all-time highs. Now, gas prices in many, many, many different states have hit all-time highs. The gas price in Indiana went to 452. Now, a year ago, no wait, about two months ago, I did a show where I said, hey, uh, clowns, we're going backwards as a country. We're going back to the 70s. We're trying to go backwards in an era where everything should be forward. What do I mean by that? Well, Inflation, the highest it's been since Jimmy Carter, backwards. Gas prices, highest it's ever been, backwards. Because the previous high was not when Jimmy Carter was in, but when Jimmy Carter was in, that started gas prices going from about 30 cents to 88 cents to a buck 50 to three bucks. And now, the other day, driving out to Princeton, we paid 477. In the state of Indiana, we're paying 452 a year ago, 292. You all tell me that's not Biden. I'll tell you to kiss my backside. And I don't care how much you make up. I don't care what little excuse you made. Uh, when people were a little bit healthy, afraid of Trump, there were no ships harbored of the Chinese. They were afraid of tariffs. Gas prices were 179. And I ain't going to sit here and be quiet. I can't make a difference, and I don't give a damn if any of you uh, on our YouTube chat or anywhere else don't understand this or you're so tied to the idiots that are causing this. I can't help you. A year ago, there's where it was. Two years ago, before the election, I paid $179 right here. Now we're $450 and rising. You think it's stopping? Tell me how. Because the clown in the White House says that we should tax the rich? Jesus. Family. Rich, tax, family. Jesus Christ. I mean, are you guys that insane? Are you really that insane? Every state has gas over $4, and every state, maybe except the clowns in California, can point to $292 a year ago or thereabouts. It's insane to me. And I'll go on our YouTube chat. And there'll be guys actually defending this. They won't defend it with any facts. They'll say, well, Trump was mean. I don't give a damn about Trump being mean. Biden's corrupt. Trump's corrupt. John Kennedy, corrupt. Nixon, corrupt. Reagan, corrupt. Clinton, oh, geez. The dumbest speaker ever was George W. Bush. They're all corrupt. Any of these families that keep power are corrupt. Biden's been there 50 years. The face, Nancy Pelosi, the face, 50 years. And we sit back, well, you know, it's not their fault. There's a global. Yeah, there wasn't a global when Trump was in there because he put the fear of God in him. Get out of here. Just, I'm not even going to the YouTube chat because there'll be some idiots in there. Anyway, 
It is what it is, and it is a what the hell. That is a what the hell. Look at that. That's every day. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine that owns Just Add Water Boats. He's like, yeah, man. I go, how's boats? Oh, they're great. But people are slowing down because nobody wants to pay for gas. That's unbelievable. 292. That wasn't even, hey, that's a year ago. Go back two years ago. Go back before the election. It was 179. I've told you this before. I don't give a damn how mad, glad, angry, or sad you get with me. I don't care. Keep gas prices down. I don't want to hear the word inflation and the stock market rolling. Right now, this is right. And that was all from Jimmy Carter when I was a kid. That's what I learned. What do we got now? Gas prices highest ever, inflation highest ever, stock market in the tank every day. 81 million people supposedly voted for that idiot. Good for you, man. If you did, God bless you. Good for you. Let's go, Brandon. All right, on a lighter note, because that's what, you know, we got to be distracted from all this stupidity. Uh, On a lighter note, a two-year-old, a two-year-old used her mother's phone to order 31 cheeseburgers from McDonald's. A toddler, two years old, in Texas, the mom left her phone unlocked. A two-year-old got on the DoorDash app and ordered 31 cheeseburgers. Kelsey Golden of Ricardo, Texas, said she was working on a computer when her two-year-old son, Barrett, got a hold of her unlocked phone, somehow managed to use the DoorDash app to order 31 cheeseburgers. And this is great. Golden was unaware of her son's actions until a delivery driver showed up with 31 cheese bunnies. I didn't know what to do with him. He only ate half of one, so I posted on a community page here in Kingsville and asked if anyone wanted some. The cheeseburgers cost $61.58. She tipped $16, the total $91.70. There's no, I call on this. Don't you? Don't you call a little bit on this? I mean, how's a kid going to dial the phone to get 31 cheese bunnies? I don't know. But it got her on the greatest morning show in the world, so good for her. She got 31 cheeseburgers. I guarantee I could eat 31 cheeseburgers in a day. You give me a day, I can eat all 31 of them. Um, (laughs) This... You know, I'm anticipating, because of this show, I'm anticipating getting audited. I'm anticipating a lot of things happening with this show. And we all know you go against, you know, the man. Bad things happen to you. But a Florida man, this is why I love Florida. You know, you can always count on Florida. In fact, the cheeseburger thing isn't a Florida type thing, but this one is. A Florida man was arrested after repeatedly calling 911 asking for them to arrest Joe Biden and release El Chapo. 
the drug kingpin. Hey, 911 emergency, can I help you? Yeah, man. Hey, look, I, we got to get rid of Biden. And look, let's just do a swap. Arrest Biden, let El Chapo out. That makes sense to me. No, I don't, no, 911, I don't think we're going to do it. Hey, uh, can we? This dude, Jacob Philbeck, called 911 three times in an hour asking that President Biden be placed in prison and El Chapo needed to be freed. The guy's 29 years old. He wanted El Chapo freed. He was initially told uh, the information he was providing was a non-emergency situation and was warned not to make those calls. Well, he didn't get the message. So what did old Phil Beck do? He called the cops again. President Biden needed to be placed in prison and El Chapo needed to be free. All right. Uh, following the three calls to 911, deputies thought, all right, let's go see Phil Beck here around 6 a.m. Um, guess what Phil Beck was doing when the police arrived at his house at 6 a.m.? He was on the phone with 911. The call got cut short. Uh, here's the caveat to all of this. I'm going to read this verbatim. Are you ready? Phil Beck was taken to the county jail, booked on a charge of misusing the 911 system. He was released after posting a $150 bond, according to WFLA-TV, which noted that the arrest documents say, wait for it, alcohol may have been involved. Really? You think so? Seems, I don't know, a little far-fetched to think a guy would just sit around, get hammered, and want the president in jail. Look, I don't want the president in jail. I just want the president to not be a guy that puts us in jail. Like, we're all headed to financial jail. We're all headed to desperate times, desperate measures. I mean, are you kidding me? How about the president not him? Well, how about the president not put us, me and you, in jail? You know what I mean? I'm sure people's cop, oh, doctor, you're so simplistic. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. I'm very simplistic. Like, I want the rest of the world to respect us. I don't want China to be holding on to our supplies because they don't respect us. I would like baby formula, toilet, whatever. And I'd like a beer under 20 bucks. That's so much to ask. Like, here's why I blame Biden for a $20 beer. When everything else is getting overpriced, What's to stop anyone else from overpricing their product? Do you see what I'm doing here? Like, if I am, I don't know, going to the gas station and it costs me a zillion dollars, then I go get chickens and meat and it costs me a zillion dollars, people aren't inherently great. Like, if I ran the golf tournament at the PGA, I would say this, look, um... It costs a lot of money 
It costs a ton of money to come to this golf tournament. I'm going to give you a break. I'm going to make our beers eight bucks. That'd be as high as I'd go with a beer. You know what I mean? That would be, uh, that would be as high as I'm going. NATO is stronger than ever. Thanks, Joe Biden. Yay. Hey, I got to go pay $5 for a gallon of gas. Yay. Yay. NATO. Woo. Stronger than ever. Yay. I love Clay. Think this day. Sports Ticks thinks I'm a bum. That's good. I'll accept it. Hey, Lula, you got to get the hell out of here. I'm I'm working here, kid. My wife is here. My dog is barking. It's a typical day on this show. I'm glad I work from AB and no Dan is full of it on this one. Let me ask you a question. What did I say that is full of it? Are gas prices not approaching $5? Are they not at an all-time high? Were they not a buck 79? At least that's what I paid. Were they not 219 according to what we did? Where am I full of it? That's all people say. Stick to basketball. No, that's why I came to OutKick. If I had to stick to basketball, I'd be doing Wisconsin at Iowa basketball games on a Tuesday night for the rest of my life. So where am I full of it here? It, beers do cost $20. There are tankers. There are storage ships that are sitting in ports because the Chinese have said, screw you, we ain't doing it because we ain't afraid of tariffs no more. Where am I full of it? I get it. I understand. The first thing that people say is, oh, man, you're full of it. I'm listening. I don't get distracted by YouTube comments. This is an interactive show. And that's the way I, I wish we could take phone calls. But tell me where I am full of it. I'll hang up and listen. NATO's strong. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank God for that. How does NATO affect your life? How how does NATO affect? How does $40 billion to help Ukraine help us, our own country? How's that? I don't have the answer. Dan is cute. Okay. Uh, whatever that means. I don't know. Yeah. Quan. Yeah, whatever. Uh, tell me where I'm wrong. I'll hang up and listen. I love, you know, Dan is this. Dan is dumb. Dan is cute. Dan is a bootlicker for Clay Travis. Okay, just tell me where I'm wrong. Gas wasn't 179. It was here. I mean, I I will never, you know, I will never understand guys that are so involved in their own party. Like, I will never understand. It's just, it's a difference in philosophy. Lastly, I will never understand, and this is a what the hell. I will never understand people that don't think that our country was better before this guy got in, simply because they believe in their, quote, party. I, mean, I, I just won't. I mean, it's, a, it's an impasse. It's Because I like to think for myself. I like to, to see what's going on. I, I'm not beholden to any party. Yes, I'm Q or I'm A 
or I'm dumb, or I'm so just fine, but tell me where I'm wrong. Dan wishes he was Clay Travis. No, I'm very comfortable being Dan Dockage. Believe me, I'm very comfortable. I like Clay, but I'm very comfortable being Dan Dockage. I like being Dan Dockage. It's fun. It's been a blast. This life has been unbelievable. We've been able to help a lot of people raise some great kids. I don't want to be anybody but me. We're going to come back. Bobby Barack, who is, ladies and gentlemen, the most fearless. He is the conscience of American media next. That's it. I got to take a break. We'll be right back with more on Don't At Me across the Outkick Network. Look, when we, when I say he's America's conscience, here's what I mean by that. He's the only guy willing to write what is true and honest about entities that are not true and are not honest. When you read your newspaper or however you get your news, uh, look, I've been in probably 10 national stories about myself and not one time, zero, have any of them been totally accurate. In fact, in tone, most of them have been not only disingenuous, but di- di- inaccurate. Bobby Barack, right here on OutKick is, I think, America's conscious because he's not afraid to write. So let's get right into it. You have been all over. Is ESPN a political network? And you use Sage Steele and what's going on with Mina Kimes as an example. Explain, will you please, my friend? And thank you for coming on. Of course, Dan. Thanks for having me. So believe it or not, in 2018, ESPN actually invited me to this press day where they had new president Jimmy Pataro and Connor Shell, who was his number two at the time, speak to the media about the direction of ESPN. And Pataro said repeatedly, and this is quoted in places like the Washington Post and USA Today, he said, ESPN is not a political organization, that ESPN talents are not to talk about politics unless they cross over to sports in an unavoidable fashion. Well, Dan, if you look at what ESPN's doing, either Jimmy Pataro's a liar or that only applies to the sole conservative at ESPN, Sage Steele. Sage Steele alleges in her lawsuit at ESPN that they used quote-unquote, selective punishment, taking away her free speech rights by punishing her and benching her from from big events following her comments about the COVID-19 vaccine and Barack Obama. Well, she has a strong point. Not only did she at the time of the lawsuit, but look what's happening with her colleague, Mina Kimes, over the weekend. And I can't believe this happened. Mina Kimes hung out with Karen Bass, a far less candidate for Los Angeles mayor, and Mina posted all over her Instagram page talking points for Karen Bass, telling sports fans to vote for her, saying Bass is going to lower taxes, which is obviously a lie, and she even smeared Karen Bass's political opponents saying that they were, you know, nasty billionaires and stuff. And just for some context to see how unheard of it is for someone on TV to just publicly endorse a candidate, Dan, CNN doesn't even allow most of their people to tell viewers and readers who to vote for. What I mean by that is even if you know that Jake Tapper is going to vote for Joe Biden, 
in 2024. He will never say it, and he will never take pictures with Biden. CNN would consider that unethical. So for ESPN allowing Mina Kimes to do that just shows you how far left and political ESPN has become. Is this, obviously, look, ESPN is, I think, afraid of any kind of ist, and thus uh, they have catered, I think, to women, African-American. But Sage Steele is both. This, to me, reeks of it being uh, different for one reason and one reason only. Sage doesn't hold on to the liberal views of ESPN. That's the reason here, is it not? Absolutely. And Dan, I'm the only person, I mean this sincerely, that has criticized the women in sports media. You've never seen anybody else criticize Katie Nolan, Sarah Spain, Jamel Hill. Maybe you did. Maybe you did. Maybe two of us. The two of us. And someone asked me about a year ago, they're like, wait, so you just can't criticize the women in sports media because you'll be called sexist or if they're African-American, you'll be called racist and sexist, uh, a double dose. And I said, that applies to everybody but Sage Steele. She's in her own category because here's what it comes down to, Dan, is that media critics and agents and talents, they're all communicating. And they know that if you go after Mina Kimes, you're going to be called all those terms. You're going to have a bunch of verified Twitter accounts come after you. You will have places like the Richard Deitches of the world and awful announcing call you a bunch of names. See, Nobody's going to do that if you criticize Sage Steele because they deem her as this right-wing conspiracy theorist or, as Deadspin would say, a wannabe Candace Owens. So she's just in a complete island when it comes to media coverage. And the same thing as far as ESPN's disciplinary issues because – and I wrote this yesterday. ESPN knows if they tell Mina Kimes, hey – don't endorse a Democratic candidate that some of her allies in the press, probably like the Kevin Drapers and those types, will say, hey, hey, here, look at ESPN telling a minority woman that she can't endorse another minority woman. Just that thought terrifies ESPN. But if they suspend or bench Sage Steele to use an euphemism that they did, nobody's going to write that. So ESPN feels safer to punish Sage Steele because they know they won't get the pushback from other people. It's the entire the entire media game is rigged by all these people being in cahoots and they gang up on select few and Sage Steele right now is the one outlier. Oh, there's no question about it. Look, I've said, Bobby, I've said, if you want your broadcast to be praised, just hire a woman because nobody criticizes a woman broadcaster ever. And I got to tell you, I've been all over the Miami Heat radio broadcast with Jason Jackson and Ruth Riley, whatever the hell her name is, is literally known as the worst broadcast in the sport, whether TV but, and I've been all, I turned it on one time and I'm like, my God. And Jason Jackson's a friend of mine. I mean, this is so horrendous. Like, it is so bad. This Ruth Riley doesn't know her backside from third base. Uh, but if you, you can't criticize, because if you do, then you're an ist. And I got to tell you, ESPN should be above worrying about it. They've had all kinds of situations, but they just keep going. I don't know why they would worry about all this stuff. And this comes down to a, a trend that I have covered, I would say, for three years now. And it's that these content providers, 
they cater not to their fans but their critics. And what it means by that oh. is when ESPN making yes. a programming decision, they're not thinking about what a bunch of NFL fans that spent all Sunday drinking beer watching football think. They're wondering what their critics are going to say. So they know when they promote someone like Mina Kimes or you know three-time failed TV host Bamani Jones – that their critics will say, there you go, ESPN, that was a right move. So they're making these decisions, not for people that watch their content, but people that criticize their content. Um, the worst thing a media company can do or an entertainment company can do is to value their critics above their fans. And you see so many do that. And that is why there's been such a decline and interest of this content, including places like Netflix, which is trying to reverse course right now. So that is exactly what ESPN's doing. So I make a prediction right now. When ABC gets to Super Bowl in 2026, Mina Kimes will be on that set because ESPN knows that that press release saying we've promoted Mina Kimes to the main NFL desk for the Super Bowl, they know that will buy them time with their critics because they will just cherish the moment that ESPN kicked off somebody like Rex Ryan from Mina Kimes. Uh, serving the sports fans everywhere is total crap. I mean, I was in there 10 years and it's total crap. I mean, that's like their mind. It's just serving our critics to get them off our ass is what it is. Um, I want to go to something. Uh, I didn't really have this in any type of rundown, but, well, maybe I did, but you brought it up. Netflix, Dave Chappelle comes out of this whole deal pretty good, does he not? I wrote a column in November um, after Dave Chappelle dared to perform comedy. He made some jokes about the LGBT community. And just the entire mob told Netflix, hey, this guy's transphobic. Take his special to close her off Netflix. Fire this guy. Suspend this guy. Take down his billboards. And Netflix pretty much said, no, we're not going to do that. And that was the first time, Dan, that one of these major companies really stood up to cancel the culture and said, no, we're not going to listen. And what happened? Nothing happened because cancel culture only works if the targets comply. And Netflix said, we're not going to comply because Dave Chappelle is so valuable to us. And the quick result is Netflix and Dave Chappelle won the cancel culture losers lost because Netflix wouldn't cave. And my point, and this was when I wrote about it in November, is that they're showing the rest of the industry, you don't have to listen to these people. These people are shallow. They're not nearly as strong as they act like they are. They're paper tigers. And Netflix is continuing that trend last week, releasing a memo to staffers saying, we're not a place for censorship. And if you want us to censor our content providers for things that you deem offensive, maybe Netflix is not the place for you. And that is so encouraging because now that Netflix gave that path, it's going to allow other people to say, wait a minute, we don't have to fire this person. We don't have to demote this woman because Netflix showed that these guys aren't going to do anything if we don't. Um, you've seen Spotify take a similar approach saying, we're not going to kick Joe Rogan off or asking questions about the COVID vaccine. So I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged by the impact Netflix can have by standing up to the mob saying, all right, 
we're not going to listen and what are you guys going to do now and it's also a bit disheartening to show that how many companies have caved to these people because all they had to do is say no no we're not going to comply and once you say that these guys on Twitter, they just become angry tweeters. They have no real influence inside your company unless you grant them that power. No, I agree. I totally agree. I, I, you know, you always, you always stand up. Let me ask you: it, Disney stock down, Netflix, Netflix stock tanked. Um, is this just natural because the guy in in the White House uh, is tanking everything, or is this a result of go woke, get broke? I think it's a combination of both. Um, in Netflix case, Netflix situation is actually unique in the sense that they were growing, 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 and growing, and hit a plateau. So that eventually they had to come down. They're going to try to replace um, some of that with ad revenue and give a lower tier. Um, but the, the, that saying "go woke, go broke," I don't use a lot of cliches, but that is so accurate. Dan, I'm actually writing a column right now, and I started it last night about how. This entire woke movement was the worst thing to ever happen to business. Um, Project Veritas last night, one of the few outlets that actually still practices journalism, they exposed a Twitter executive telling people at a bar or a dinner that because Twitter is so devoted to, in his words, a woke ideology, that they sacrifice profit. Um, and, and that's what a lot of these companies have done because what happens is, is that Twitter has amplified this politically correct movement that everything's offensive and, the, and equity is the way to go. But it turns out, based on numbers and studies, only about 8 to 10% of the country actually aligns with what the quote-unquote woke wants. So do the math. If you cater your business to a small 10%, you're not going to be successful because the, the other 90% of the country isn't interested in your content. Now, they might act like they are, like everybody says, oh, we love when the NBA put Black Lives Matter on the court. But in actuality, ratings declined 50%. So they were lying. So don't cater your business to a small, loud group of the country because the rest of the country has shown you they will tune out or stop buying your product. I, I want to go to uh, I want to go to that, Bobby. Um, the NBA's ratings are up. There is no politics. There is no LeBron James telling us whatever he wants to tell us. Adam Silver, I think he's America's worst commissioner, but he's America's best commissioner to the media because of how woke he is. Wised up and made this about basketball because people get enough of this crap other places. So let's just have basketball. What a great decision. My God, how smart is he? Jesus. Yeah, NBA ratings are up the highest in a decade because for the first time, at least in the past five years, they're not talking about politics. They don't have LeBron after the game talking about police and using his quote that the American police force are hunting down black people, uh, stuff like that. It turns out, Dan, believe it or not, Americans do still like basketball. They don't like, you know, politically motivated basketball. So it's as simple as that. I'm not surprised at all. Um, I've had so many people from like these random outlets like Slate and all that text me or tweet at me saying, hey, what do you think now, Burdak, that the NBA ratings are up? And I'm like, yeah, they've actually proved my point <laughs> because I said back in 2017 that if the NBA 
brands themselves around politics, people are going to leave that if they don't do that, people will come back. I've been proven 100% accurate on all of this, that if you focus on the on-court action with players like Jason Tatum or Jimmy Butler or Steph Curry, who I guess people do still like, people will tune in. What they're not going to tune in is to have a bunch of players preach about the injustices of the country. And quite frankly, a lot of people that were doing that in the NBA, like LeBron, didn't even have their facts right. They became some of the most loathsome people I've seen anywhere in entertainment. And going back to ESPN, I mean, you have documented the lies that have, that were told in the middle of all that. I always point to Jalen Rose and the lies that he tells, but it's more than that. I mean, and, and that seems to have gone as well. ESPN has, well, this is a, this is a fascinating discussion because this goes back to ESPN. When, when Pitaro said ESPN is not a political organization, he actually doesn't want it to be a political organization, Dan. He's just too afraid to tell people to stop doing right. it. So absolutely, ESPN, if they're able to, they will claw back that and say, hey, you know, they will tell certain people, let's focus on this. But the issue is, is that when it comes to people like Bomani Jones and Sarah Spain, they're not going to tell them not to. So I, I think ESPN has certainly pushed back a little bit on some of the commentary, but in a broader picture, ESPN is still discussing these political issues at, at a rate that just the fans don't want. But I do think it's when it comes to the NBA and NFL pregame shows, which is where Jalen Rose fam famously said the police shot and murdered Jacob Blake, who is still alive right now. I think the league partners have more of a backbone to say, hey, let's focus on the on-court action. Because at that point, Bataro and the rest of the executives can say, well, it's not me telling you guys to stop talking politics. It's the NBA and NFL. Because if you notice, those type of shows like ones that have the NFL name on it, NFL Live or NBA Today, they're not nearly as political as shows like First Take or The Right Time with Bomani Jones or whatever his podcast is called these days. Bobby, is does ESPN care about ESPN Radio? No, they don't. Uh, and you see that now with changes when you have TV people like Dave Roberts running radio right now so radio to him is just a side project and that changed once mike greenberg well say what you want about mike greenberg people complain a lot about his salary and some of his promotion i actually happen to think he's a fantastic broadcaster when he left espn radio when he left mike and mike they never recovered i had heard at one time mike and mike made 60 million dollars in revenue for espn radio and that it just kept the rest of the network afloat that's not happening now the morning show right now with max kellerman Keyshawn johnson jay williams I'd assume it makes less than half what Mike and Mike made. So without that cash cow anchor in the morning, ESPN has calculated that they just can't make enough money off radio. And the truth is, a lot of local affiliates have told ESPN, we just don't like your shows. We're going to carry local content instead. So I think ESPN looks at radio right now as just circling the drain because they don't have a single show that can bring them the revenue that Mike and Mike did or the herd did when it aired from 10 to 1. 
Hey, Bobby, what ultimately happens here with Twitter and Elon Musk? I'm more skeptical than a lot of people that this is going to get done. Um, the SEC has not allowed, the, they've not confirmed this yet. They're still able to find a way to stop this. Um, Elon Musk can make a case that even though he's the richest man in the world, that Twitter's a communication company and his other brands, SpaceX and Tesla, are not. So it wouldn't be a monopoly. But the SEC, depending on how motivated they are to stop him, there's always loopholes to hold this sale up or even decline it altogether. And this spam bot, so for a recap, for those that haven't been following it, Twitter reported to their stockholders that 5% of users are fake accounts and spam bots. Elon Musk is alleging that that number is closer to 20%. And he's saying he will not further his purchase until Twitter can show evidence that only 5% of their users are bots. Um, that's going to be a difficult task, Dan, and that gives Elon Musk an out to say, hey, I'm not going to pay this premium price anymore. So there's a lot of ways this can go, but I hope he buys Twitter because I think it would have such a shift on American culture. But right now, I would put it at 50-50 that he ever takes control of Twitter, unfortunately. And I do believe if he does take it over, that his price that he's offered right now, which Twitter has accepted, is not going to go through because based on the spam bots and several other factors, he greatly overpaid for Twitter or, or was willing to overpay for Twitter. I think that that stock price could go down significantly based on Twitter failing to prove how many of their users are actual humans. Uh, you know, it is interesting, like 31 million followers for like Hillary Clinton and all this kind of stuff. You know, what what they say, Biden, half of his use or half of his followers are bots. I, I assume most of mine are. It seems like, you know, I don't I don't need one hundred and fifty five thousand. I don't know. I just assume they're all crazy people or crazy machines. I don't even know. What's a bot? What is this? Yeah, it's these. Uh, it's funny um, because you hear so often, like these journalists will say, these Russian bots are taking over Twitter, trying to amplify conservatives, trying to tell people Donald Trump is not as bad as um, people say he is. There's no proof of that, Dan. Actually, from what we've seen, these bots tend to lean really far left and amplify ideas like defund the police. Um I'm mean, here's a task for people. Go to Ibram X. Kendi's Twitter page or Sean King or Joy Reid. You'll see them quickly get thousands of retweets and likes over some just asinine tweet. And if you click on it, none of the people that are liking this are real humans. It's a bunch of egg accounts. Go to <laughs> X. Kendi's Twitter page. All of his retweets are egg accounts that were created last month that have no followers. All they do is retweet people like him and Sean King and uh, Joy Reid, Jamel Hill. So it seems like somebody, I don't know if it's Twitter or some of these focus groups or uh, think tanks, but somebody's controlling a bunch of fake accounts that don't belong to humans to amplify select voices. So I absolutely agree with Elon Musk that it's more than 5%. And I don't see any evidence that 
Russia's behind all of this, like people allege. I think it's Americans um, on the far left creating these bots. What does it mean when somebody says, we want to know what the algorithm is? So if you go on Twitter right now on the mobile, in the right-hand corner, you have an option to see the latest tweets or the top tweets. And the default is the top tweets. So that means that Twitter is deciding which tweets you should see as the top. And that's what Elon Musk is railing against this week. Why is that the default? Who is the person deciding what is the top tweets? So what an algorithm basically does is dictate which tweets or posts or videos you see and don't see. And that's what makes it so questionable. The day after Elon Musk agreed to buy Twitter, you had accounts like Joe Rogan and Don Jr., receive hundreds of thousands of followers. Well, that would indicate that people for for the first time were able to see their tweets again unless they had to manually undo Twitter's quote-unquote top section. So yeah, an algorithm basically lets users see and not see what some faceless guy behind the scenes decide. You see it all the time on YouTube. They'll say, this is the recommended video. Wait a minute. I would never watch the channel. Why are you recommending this video for me? What statistics do you have that show me that I want to hear about a you know January 6th hearing from CBS News or NPR? So the algorithm is these tech floors just deciding what is and is not valuable content. Man, it is so fascinating. I'm going to let you go. I can't thank you enough. I love your stuff, man. I, I think that <clears throat> I wish more journalists would be journalists. I wish more people would have some stones like you do to put out there what's real uh, as opposed to what's whatever. I, I, don't even, I don't even know what to call it. I don't even know if you call it fake, complete bull. I mean, I don't know what you call what's being put out there, but I know it ain't the truth. That's, that's what I see. I don't know. They're cowards. Well, I appreciate They're cowards. That, I, I appreciate that, Dan. And I get so disgusted by these writers and anchors, just how cowardly they are. Disappointing. If you work in the media, look, I don't think media people are all that admirable or impressive. I've always said I think butchers and truck drivers and plumbers are far more impressive than any TV anchor or writer. But if you are going to work in the media, your one job is to challenge people at the top and provide the truth nobody's doing that anymore they're holding the guys below them under and working to protect the people above them that, that, that is so dishonorable and frustrating that it just makes this entire industry look bogus and fraudulent and just not even worth consuming uh the the word dishonorable is so applicable bobby it, it is so my God, I read stuff, and I, I and this goes way back. I mean, it's it's more amplified now, but you know, being with Bob Knight, Coach Knight, I'd read stuff, and I'd read it with him. I go, well, that didn't happen. That's not what happened, you know. And then when it happens to you, you go, that's crap. So, and I'm a guy that grew up. I became the paper boy in my neighborhood because I wanted the paper there when I wanted the paper. So I said, screw it. As a 12 year old, I'm gonna. I read it cover to cover. Gary Post Tribune, Chicago Sun-Times, and, and the Chicago Tribune. Drives me nuts. Thank you for being a beacon, Bobby. A beacon, damn it. And, Dan, I'll leave you with this. 
Um, did did you watch the NBA last night? Because Deadspin told me on Monday that if a white guy oh. watches the NBA, they contribute to white supremacy. So I just want to get a clear answer. Did you watch the NBA? Because as far as I can tell, you are still a white guy. <laughs> yeah, Bobby, I, I fell in, man. I've watched it all. I don't watch the NBA during the season. I watch the hell out of the playoffs. So if some clown at Deadspin thinks I'm uh, whatever he wants to think, God bless him. Who was a writer? Do you know? No, I mean, they're all the same to me. Anybody from Deadspin, they, they have no individuality, so I don't even look at the byline. No. All right. Appreciate you, Bobby. Thank you. All right, talk soon. I'm a white guy that watched the NBA playoffs, so some clown on Deadspin says that I am a white supremacist for that. That's what whites – I saw that article. Whatever, man. I mean, dudes, I guarantee you. I, I'm going to look who, who the writer is. I guarantee I, – I can't remember these clowns' names. But, uh, yeah, okay. I mean, whatever, whatever gets you to talk about Deadspin, there you go. You know what I mean? Like, all right. Okay. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to come back. I got life advice for you. And you're going to like this life advice because it's very – what's the right word? It is very – on point and very um, useful in the world that we live in. Be right back. We'll be right back. Got to take a short break here. We are rolling with Don't At Me and you don't want to miss it. Stay tuned. We are all brothers in the delivery world bond. Yeah, we are. We are brothers in the delivery world bond, baby. Whether it's Grubhub, whether it's your local pizza place, or like me, whether it's DoorDash. We are all brothers in the bond. That's right. We are all working. We're working hard, ladies and gentlemen. We understand the angst. We understand all that's going on. Well, here's something. So Grubhub yesterday decided that they were going to give a free lunch to folks in New York City. All right. Well, you know what happens when you're going to give anybody something free, the world goes crazy. And I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. But apparently the um, the app went down. The app went down. And that's a damn shame. In the world of food delivery. The app can never go down. The app can never go down. The app always must stay up. Always. When the app goes down, then we don't make money in the delivery world. Free lunch. New York City. Use code free lunch yesterday. May 17th. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But the app went down. We cannot have this. We are brothers in the bond here. I think the app went down. I mean, that's what you guys told me, so I went with it. I don't know. Uh, But I just like talking about, you know what? I like talking about the delivery world because we don't mess around in the delivery world. I got to tell you, I did it the other day in Chicago. People told me I was nuts. I had an hour. I had a couple hours in the... uh, 
uh, I'm taking this off. I had a couple hours. My wife was doing a game, so I went ahead and uh, I did a little delivery. Made 50 bucks in an hour. Paid for a gallon of gas. It was absolutely fantastic. All right, life lessons with Double D. Are you ready? If you're not ready, get ready. Never, ever, ever bet without doing a little research. Never. Here, <laughs> that's a great picture. Here's the deal. You bet because, hey, my guy, my guy says bet the Islanders. My guy says bet the Bulls. My guy says bet the 49ers. That's fine. You got a guy. But do yourself a favor. If you are going to bet, do a little research yourself. Like, I get it. People say, well, you know, you can never win gambling. Sure you can. Of course you can. The less you bet, the more you, better chance you have to win. The more you bet, the less chance you have to win. Not meaning more in terms of money, but more times you bet. I'll give you an example. Last night, I think I lied early in the show. I forgot. I went back and looked. My major bet, the only game I truly liked was I loved. Didn't like, I loved the Heat. We talked about it yesterday on the show. I loved the Heat. Heat went from minus one to minus four when it was Horford was out. I didn't care. It didn't matter to me. I knew this was going to happen. The Heat were going to win, so I put more money on the Heat, but a friend of mine said, hey, I'm taking the Panthers. So I didn't even look anything up. I said, you know what? I'm in on the Panthers too, so I bet the Panthers. So I went from winning a ton to just winning. I was going to win 150 bucks. Instead, no, I'll be honest. I was going to win 100 bucks. Instead, I just won 10 bucks. I didn't look at it. I just took, all right, I'll go that route. Usually when my hockey guy tells me who to bet, I look up and see, and then make my own decisions, and nine times out of ten, I go with him anyway. But the only bet as I went into yesterday was the heat. I knew it. I said it on this show. And then I didn't research the second bet, so it ended up costing me money. Always do your own. Just look at something. I don't care. Doesn't matter to me. Look at something about the game you're getting ready to bet. It seems simple, doesn't it? No. Here's what happens in the world of gambling. In the world of gambling, we want people to do our research for us. That's what we want. We want somebody to tell us. We want somebody on TV to say, hey, look, here's who I like. I will tell you this. The ESPN show uh, with my friend Doug Kazarian is really, I get a bet off of it. I see one. I like it, I do a little research, and I usually win. Do not, ladies and gentlemen, do not, no, 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 no. Don't think the guy. Let the guy provide, and then you do the research. You're not going to get any better betting advice than this. So use it, take it, and win with it. I'm taking the Warriors tonight as I sit here. But I'm also going to look at it before I actually place the bet. All right. Drink a little wine every night. So I have a friend. His name is Freddie Vienna. 
Freddie Viana just got in a god-awful car wreck. You know the saying, God gives the biggest burdens to his toughest soldiers? That's my friend Freddie. Freddie was a tough-ass dude. Freddie got MS. Freddie's in a wheelchair. Freddie is a tougher-ass dude for the way he handled his MS and being in a wheelchair. I've never seen anything like it. I told everybody but Freddie how much I admire Fred Viana, how much I respect and love Fred Viana. I never told Fred until a couple texts. He got in a car wreck the other day and basically broke everything. I mean, you name it, Freddie broke it. All right? So I am praying every day for my friend Freddie. I'm going to go see him on Thursday. We're not the greatest of friends, but I have so much respect for this man. All right. What does it have to do with drinking wine every day? Well, when Fred got MS, his doctor told him, drink two glasses of wine every night. It loosens up your legs. So I was thinking of Fred yesterday. I was texting his, he can't text right now, but his wife was texting me some of the things Freddie said, which one of which was, hey, tell Dan I'm so sorry I can't listen to his program. Now, Freddie is in ICU. So I told him, I said, look, I'm having a couple glasses of wine for you because, well, frankly, the doctors told you with MS to drink wine. I know it's a weird roundabout. I understand to get to drink two glasses of wine or drink a glass of wine a night. Why are you talking about this guy? Well, I meant to mention him all week because I love the man and he's going through the incredible hard time, but he is one of God's toughest soldiers, so he will be okay. And he told me to drink two glasses of wine every night. It'll loosen up my legs. So there you go. Don't drink the bottle, although once in a while I do. My wife and I will sit down at the end of a day and have a nice glass of wine, and I'll write an article for OutKick or set up the show. And it's because my friend Freddie. My friend Freddie said, the doctor said, hey, man, two glasses of wine. Loosen up the legs. Drink two gla- <laughs> Drink wine every night. I got a great wine for you. It's called Miomi. I think it is. Hey, Lee! I think it's called Miomi. M-E-O-M-I. It's our favorite wine. It's cheap. It's 20 bucks. I mean, it might be 120 bucks, right? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, it's a great wine. All right. That's fine. Get it. It's about 15 bucks, depending on where you buy it. Whenever my wife goes to uh, uh, Costco, she buys it. She bought about four bottles last night. We had a nice night. Did a lot of yard work. A couple glasses of wine every night. Helps the heart, too. Uh, it is known in Chicago that Wrigley Field is for, I'm going to go back in time here, the yuppies, and Comiskey which is now guaranteed rate or whatever it's called, is for the middle class, the tough guys. All right. So it was bobblehead day the other day. It actually was Tim Anderson bobblehead day. My producer, Jimmy Cook, excuse me, and his wife and another couple, big Yankees fan, they went up to Chicago to watch the Yanks take on the Chicago White Sox. Tim Anderson bobblehead day. I don't think any of them care about Tim Anderson bobblehead day, but I like Tim Anderson. 
And I like him because he's a really good player. He's outspoken, and Benetti thinks he's great. Jason Benetti, my friend. But when you go to White Sox Park, you got to guard, ladies and gentlemen, you got to guard your bobblehead. You got to guard it. My guy, they had four bobbleheads. There were four people. They got stolen. And Jimmy told me it was the greatest sleight of hand ever. They never let the bobbleheads out of their sight. They never left them alone. And yet somehow, some way, four became two. He's like, Dan, I swear to God, we had a couple behind us take a picture. Maybe when we were looking at the picture, the other guy snuck in there, a girl snuck in there and stole our bobblehead. It was the damnedest thing. So guard your damn gear when you go to Guaranteed Rate Field. Guard your damn bobblehead. I'll tell you something. It was 1989. This is how weird this is. Indiana, I was an assistant coach. We're playing in Denver. McNichols Arena, I think, is what it was called. We're playing Seton Hall. I don't know how this could possibly happen. But my then wife left her purse. You know, you're sitting. They had good seats. They were the wives of the coaches. They put their purse on the floor by their feet. Somehow, some way, somebody came up from under, grabbed her purse, and stole her purse. The world is crazy. Fast forward, now we're stealing bobbleheads. Guard your stuff. I bet we could say the same at Yankee Stadium. I got to tell you, White Sox fans, never had anything stolen at Wrigley Field. Had a friend of mine go to jail, White Sox jail, for a fight in the upper deck at Comiskey. We had to go get him out at Wrigley Field, I had a great friend of mine, Kevin Custer. They caught him with beers in his sleeves, so they checked his beers. We had to go get it after the game. They weren't cold. We bitched. But guards your stuff when you go to an event, particularly if you want the stuff. Oh, yeah. Here's something else. Don't be going crazy with nighttime medicines. A friend of mine had a serious problem. Don't go nuts with the nighttime medicines that are either prescribed for you or contain alcohol. First things first, they make you groggy. You get a nice, I don't know, alcohol-based nighttime medicine, and they make your ass groggy. All right? They just do. You feel hungover in the morning. Sometimes when I would take it, I, didn't, I felt so good at night, I didn't want to go to sleep. You know, when you take something based on alcohol. Or don't take that stuff that makes you sleepwalk. Don't take that stuff that makes you crazy. Don't do it. All right? Just take melatonin. Take melatonin, put it on your tongue, and go to sleep. Friend of mine had a hell of a reaction, ended up in the hospital... I can't remember the name of the damn stuff, the sleep aid that everybody takes that makes you sleepwalk and it makes you nuts. I forget what it's called. I mean, I had a friend that used to take two of them and he would walk all over the place. It was crazy. Don't take prescribed sleep aids. Don't do it. What's that stuff called? I can't remember. Melatonin, it's simple. It's very simple. You take, 
I, here's what I do. I take four little things that dissolve on your tongue. I watch Two and a Half Men. I watch 30 Rock. Now I'm watching a show called We Own This City on, uh, uh, what's it called? Uh, HBO Max. And I go to sleep. Man, a friend of mine was in the hospital. What the hell is the name? I wish somebody would tell me the name of the sleep aid. You can't get it over the counter. It's the sleep aid that everybody wants. It's the sleep aid that every single coach that I know had to take, and I can't remember what it's called. But he took it. And next thing you know, he gets a reaction. Well, he wakes up. He's walking because this sleep aid makes you nuts. He runs in, cracks his head. Yes, Ambien. Thank you, Dylan. You don't need need something that makes you crazy. You walk in, you get a melatonin, and if that don't work for you, you go get a Z-Quil or something that has no alcohol. Stop running into furniture. My boy had a slice. And now he's going to look cool because when we get older, we like having scars, but he's going to have a damn slice. And even worse, his family had to take him to the damn emergency room because he was all whacked out on Ambien. Just take melatonin. Let's review. Drink a little wine. You know, I, okay, well, I don't drink. Yeah, okay. Then you should. Moderation's the key. You don't need a bartender or your wife cutting you off at home on a Monday night. No, you don't need that, but a glass of wine's nice. Tell you something else. I live on a lake. You live on a lake, all you do is drink. The world is insane on a lake. Like, I'm looking right now, and we don't live on this big lake. We live in what's called the ghetto of Geist. We live in the southernmost house. We got a good deal. I'm looking at a lake, and it makes me want to drink and go to the bathroom. It's what lakes do. But let's review. Drink a little wine. Loosen up the legs. Do yourself a favor. I'm sorry, I'll go backwards even farther. Do some research if you're betting. How about this? Women are actually downloading betting apps at a rate higher than men. Women, I promise you, will be better sports bettors than men. Why? Because they will research. Women just don't throw money around. I go to the store with my wife. I'm like, all right, let's get this. She'll go, no, we'll get in that. It's a better price. That's on sale. It's the same stuff. Women are way better. When you need something done, get a woman. They'll do it and they'll do it right. When you need something bought, let your wife do it, your girlfriend, or maybe both. They'll do it and they'll do it right. I guarantee you, a year from now, because women are downloading sports betting apps at a higher rate than men, we're going to have a study somewhere, somehow, that shows us that women are better sports bettors than men. I'll bet you money on it because they'll research. So drink a little wine, do a little research. When you go to a game, particularly in a bigger city, guard your stuff. South side of Chicago, I love the south side of Chicago. South side, I love Comiskey. I love guaranteed rate. I like the White Sox and the Cubs. Don't at me about it. But you got to guard your stuff because I'm telling you, there's always someone ready to take it. 
Now, you go up to Wrigley Field, you leave your beer, some little millennial 18-year-old will be taking your beer and running with it. Guard your stuff. And then lastly, cut out the damn Ambien, man. I got so many horror stories from Ambien. Cut it out. It's getting a nice melatonin. Or go into Chicago and go see, you know, Sunshine, THC, whatever it is. But cut the melatonin. Holy cow. It's like, hey, I don't know. Don't do that. There you go. That's life lessons. I told you. Like, I'm not going to sit here and tell you abstinence. I like having glasses of wine. I like drinking beers with friends. I like hanging. I've never tried weed because I personally, I have an addictive personality and I don't want to get started on weed. But I like weed. I like what people do. You hang, you smoke, you laugh, you eat. That's my kind of thing. So when guys in college were smoking weed, I'd just have a beer. I don't like, I know weed. I know weed would be what I would like, and I don't need that in my life. I got enough addictions. I got plenty. All right, what to bet on tonight? Look, I don't know how you feel about it. I understand that people want to poo-poo the Warriors. And I actually poo-pooed them myself. I said, hey, look, on Twitter, is there anybody on the Warriors that can really play other than Klay Thompson or Steph Curry? And then Wiggins got going, but I'm watching Draymond Green, and I said this the other day, Draymond Green to me, he looked no different then Ben Simmons, he was making all the right plays, defending, but scared to death to shoot. And when I say scared to death, he literally drove the lane, turned and kicked it. Now, later in the game, he made the play, but I'm going to take the Warriors. I like the Mavericks. Don't get me wrong. The Mavericks are fantastic. I was dead wrong when I compared Luka Doncic to James Harden. Dead wrong. Couldn't have been more wrong. But just like, and I did not do this. I never compared uh, Booker, Devin Booker, to Luka Doncic. Never. But I did compare him to James Harden in a bad way, and I could not have been more wrong. I love what's going on. I think it's fantastic what's happening. But tonight, I'm willing to give the five. Right now, it's five. I'm willing to give the five and take the Warriors. I think this is kind of a um, made game for the Warriors. I think that the Warriors, you know what? They got a little rest. They had a little time. So did Dallas. They had a couple days. But this is a big deal for Dallas. This is another day in the park for the Warriors. And I think it shows in game one. Now, I'm going to take the Warriors to win the series because I feel like right now, right this moment, I don't think that Dallas has the chops enough to win four games in a couple of weeks. Now, here's what I mean by that. When you look at the NBA, you got to bust through. Maybe not as much now as you did back in the day when Isaiah had to bust through, you know, or the Bulls had to bust through Isaiah, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you have to bust through. Bird and them had to bust through the Philadelphia 76ers. You had to bust through. Magic is the only guy. I mean, Magic just came right in the league. Hell, they just won a championship because Magic was that kind of good. But you had to bust through. All right. I don't think the Mavericks have busted through yet. I don't think they're in a position to go ahead and win this series. Now, you get whatever number you can get in this series, and I'll tell you point blank, good for you, 
but take the Mavericks to win this series. I think it's going to go six. I may go seven, but I don't see the Mavericks beating the, uh, the Warriors four times in two weeks. I think it's a big ask for a young team. I do. Now, when I say young team, let's understand something. Luka Doncic is not a young player. He's young in age, but that dude has played in everything. That dude has played in absolutely every situation you could possibly want. He's played when they've thrown things at him. He's played when there's been fires inside. You know, they shoot bottle rockets inside at games. They throw hot batteries at coaches. It's unbelievable Uh, Luka Doncic at a young age, what he's played through. I mean, here, if somebody looks at somebody wrong, you're disrespecting me. You're disrespecting me. Shut up. So there you go. Let's look at some mean tweets. Uh, Three foolish men speak on who's running these cities and states of the mass shootings and overall gun violence, you coward. Yeah, okay. All right. Trucker Guru Ultra says, I lost interest in basketball when it quit being a team sport and being a stage for individual promotion. Well, I got to tell you, it hadn't been a team sport in a long, long time. I'm just saying. And if you disagree with me on the states that are these hellholes being run by uh, Democrats, then you have an agenda outside of actual fact. So three foolish men, you can call me a coward or whatever. I understand who people are. I do. I really, Dylan, I'm trying to stall here because I really got to go to the bathroom. So I want to say thank you to everybody, even you clowns on the YouTube chat that stand by your man Biden. I want to thank all of you that watch not only on YouTube, but on Twitter. I got to thank Davey and Ryan, my man Dylan, uh, Corey, every single day. And of course, the great Bobby Barack came on the show and absolutely knocked it out. If you're just tuning in, the whole show is up all day because I retweet it, I retweet it, I retweet it. I want you to watch our show. So if you could do me a favor, go ahead and retweet our show. Trying to get a million viewers here. We're trying to become the greatest show in the history of the world. If You want to check this act out some more. 107.5 The Fan coming up here in an hour. I'll be on 107.5 The Fan in Indianapolis. You can also watch it on YouTube where the chat is always lively, a little bit crazy, or you can just follow along on Twitter and see guys like Three Foolish Men and others call me names. Have a great afternoon. But if I don't get to the bathroom, there's going to be a problem here. Fellas, thank you. Dockage out.